Hello, I'm Will Reimer, and this is Street Level Stories. See the city through the eyes of the grassroots groups patrolling some of Winnipeg's most vulnerable areas. Walk with us. Go deeper into what community safety groups like Bear Clan and Mama Bear Clan see on our streets. In this episode, we will show you how these grassroots organizations help tackle the problem of child runaways. For the first 16 years of her life, Susan Chief was stuck in a child protection system she says is broken. Like, people think CFS is such a great place, but when they really, if they lived it, it's not. Because you, you go into this system and these people are supposed to care for you. They're supposed to make sure that you're safe and they're, we're not, we're not. Susan's story is not an isolated one. Like many kids seized by Child and Family Services, or CFS, Susan says she ended up on the streets. Oh, I've, I've did every type of drug there is out there. Uh, the drinking, the alcohol, the street work, just to get the money. Figures from last year show there are close to 11,000 kids in CFS care. The provincial government promised to reduce the number of children in the system and review the CFS Act, but Manitoba still has the highest number of missing person cases involving youth, according to federal government statistics. The cost of the province is high. The child welfare budget is over half a billion dollars. But Susan says there are also human costs. Kids in care are more likely to be homeless, jailed, and have addictions or mental health issues as adults. Susan says she can still relate to kids currently growing up in CFS care. Because you grow up... You grew up in the system. You're growing up thinking that your parents didn't love you enough to raise you. So that hurts you. And then as you get older, you find out it was the system, it was the government that took you from your parents. CFS places just over two-thirds of the kids they apprehend into foster homes. Some are also put into group homes, temporary shelters, and up until 2015, downtown hotels with little supervision. But that doesn't mean they stay there. Many run away again and again. When they do, CFS issues missing persons reports. Nearly 90% of missing persons reports come from CFS facilities and are for kids between 12 and 18, Rob Carver of the Winnipeg Police says. So the bulk of the cases we deal with are youths, and the bulk of those youths are from CFS managed facilities. 94% um, of those are repeat, meaning they've been uh, reported more than once. So what you've got here, and I hope I'm painting a picture, is that really our unit deals almost exclusively with teenagers who are running away from CFS facilities. That's really what this is about. Police got nearly 11,000 missing persons reports last year, an average of 900 per month. Carver says that's way more than they can handle. You know, you look at a missing persons unit that has... Um, I think eight people in it, including supervisor, that's not a lot of people to manage that kind of caseload. It's such a tax on police that a few years ago, Danny Smythe, who is now the chief, suggested they should have the power to lock chronic runaways up. Searching for chronic runaways is frustrating, Carver says. But if that person is choosing to leave a facility, they're doing it on a regular basis. And we find out they're doing it because they don't like the facility or they don't like someone in the facility. In February alone, 24 individuals had been reported five or more times. So it's not just runaways. 
which is really what we should be saying here, because they're not really missing persons. They're runaways. And they're not just runaways, they're chronic runaways who regularly leave the same facility. 15-year-old Tina Fontaine was just one of them. The young Indigenous girl disappeared from a downtown hotel on a CFS-approved visit to the city. She became an exploited youth. Shortly after she went missing, her body, wrapped in a duvet and weighed down by rocks, was pulled from the Red River. Her death prompted calls for a national inquiry. A day after Raymond Cormier was acquitted in Tina's murder in February, Manitobans took to the streets. Hundreds marched through downtown Winnipeg to protest the justice system, advocate for CFS reform, and call for greater protection of Indigenous children. Mitch Babernier, one of the founders of Bear Clan and Mama Bear Clan, says Tina's death spawned the recreation of the patrol. The motivation for that was uh, Tina coming out of the river in, in yeah. August of 2014. Frustration mm-hmm. that like 25 years later nothing is changing. Mm-hmm. So like like okay, let's just keep doing this and like let, 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 let's not stop. They started by simply scaring away Johns to protect the girls. Susan says they've since progressed to tracking down missing children and runaways using social media. So I'm wondering. I know you guys deal with a lot of like missing person reports, right? Yeah. Yesterday I was reading about that 11-year-old boy who went missing. To... Are you guys involved with that at all? Or? We, we put the post on our page and we keep a lookout when we're out. But uh, why it's important we get it on our page is because we get thousands of people that look at our page daily. And the more people that share it, the more people that see it. James Favel, who runs the Bear Clan Community Safety Group, says Facebook helped them find a couple of missing boys. He says they can sometimes track down kids faster than the police can. There's those two boys who went missing for 24 hours and 48 hours there. Yes. We post up within two hours they were found. I'm not saying that's because of our post, but right. it, that's just how it works. And yeah. So we get a lot of uh, reports like that where you know, mom calls and says, you know, the child didn't make home after school. It's you know, six hours later. We want to know where my baby is kind of thing. And so we don't have to wait 24 hours to post, to, to act. Susan says the group sometimes come across runaways during their patrols. It was just a couple weeks ago, there was a youth female that was missing, and um, I just finished. I just finished doing that report on our page and all that stuff, and then went to patrol that night, and it was like, "Hey, I know your face." <laughs> Asked her if that was her name, and sure enough, it was. And, and James was there. He was like, "Oh wow!" And it's like, "Yeah, that's the one that we just finished doing like a few hours ago." Susan says she tries her best to support the kids she meets on the street, even if that just means buying them a bite to eat and offering a listening ear. She believes many CFS caseworkers just don't care enough. I mostly connect with the ladies on the street. I connect with these young kids, and just because. I've been where they are. Um, I know the pain. I know the struggles. I, I know the the hurt when you try opening up with somebody and you just get a whatever, pretty much a whatever. Like they don't really care. It's all about the money. Mm. You get the odd ones that do care. Susan says she's showing the same kindness to kids that four women showed her when she was on the streets. 
Now, if it wasn't for my baby, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be who I am today. Um, it wouldn't be as four other ladies that believed in me, and they helped me through everything. They helped coach me to a better lifestyle. There are definitely differences in the way the Bear Clan approaches missing people when compared with the police, but it doesn't mean the two groups don't get along. Bear Clan recently teamed up with Winnipeg Police for Project Return, an initiative to protect sexually exploited teens. Over a single weekend last month, they arrested seven Johns and located seven at-risk youth. Carver appreciates the Bear Clan's efforts and says the groups have a mutual respect. But over the last couple of years, uh, we have a very strong working relationship with them. They are really, I think they've both become an invaluable resource for a number of things, but certainly for runaways. Um, they know who to talk to. They, and, and their primary concern is the safety of these kids, as is ours. So if, if Bear Clan can, can locate that, that kid safely, everybody's a winner. On the next Street Level Stories, we take a look at the differences between how grassroots and bureaucratic community groups operate. This podcast is a production of senior journalism students at Red River College. This episode was written by Kelsey James and Declan Schrader. Kila DePap contributed reporting for this episode. You can find links to the studies and other information referenced in the show on our Twitter account, at Level Stories.